Welcome to the Viva Young Adults podcast. We're the Young Adults Ministry of Viva Church, and we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're already a part of YA or a guest with us today, we hope that what's shared encourages and blesses you. Here's today's message. I'm so thankful to be here. This is so cool, man. Like, like what a vibe the Vive is. I call it the Vive. See, you guys have been slowly taking over the river. Like six of you, and then it was like 16 of you, and then it was like 66 of you in the front row. And I'm like, it's unbelievable. See, when we started the river, social distancing was like a real thing. Mm. Real, real thing, right? So we can put seats together, and then I see this front row that's like, they actually, like, this is the front row. I didn't even notice that, but it's like this. I'm like, who are these people, man? Who are these people? These people are on fire for God, and they're out here, and they're not in fear, and they're just ready to give him the praise and give him the glory, and I was like, I gotta go to this place, I gotta see this place, so today is the first time I've ever been here, thank you for welcoming me, Pastors Phil and Fran, and the OG, give it up again, Knowing Pastor Frank for years, kind of, because he was a part of this little thing called Tequila years Let's ago. Go. Anybody know what Tequila is? Yeah. Pastor Phil, the only one old enough in here to know it. Okay. Cool. So there was this movement when I was much younger than Pastor Phil, right? I should be nice to you. Why am I being so mean to you? Um, there was this movement that happened on Monday nights, and it was a worship movement. Actually, it's kind of very similar to the river. It was a movement where young people would come together and just literally worship their face off for God. Yeah. And, and it went for years and years. And Pastor Frank had a big part in that. He was a yep. big part of that move of God. And and I just, you know, I, I got to hear a little bit of his story just tonight when I got a tour of your building because I had never been here before, which felt so strange to me because I've met, like, a lot of you. Like, so many of you have come to the river. And, you know, they say that the church is a building but it's not. The church is a people. That's right. And because I've met you, the people, I feel like I've been here already. Yeah. So it's just this, this strange, strange phenomenon that happened. But but Pastor Frank is just a faithful servant of God. And the way he has been pouring into this community of Oshawa, Canada Christian College, the river just got here like last week. We've been here three years. This guy's been here. How long have you been here, Pastor Frank? 30. 30 years. Three Whoa. years. 30 Woo. years. So that's the man you should really give it up for. I feel so at home because I got this guy right here, Jonathan, the maestro yeah. and the keys. He's our music yeah. director of the river. Yeah. That's the first time I've seen him smile in like three weeks, so that's, that's really good. That's great. He loves you. You know, Phil, I wasn't going to throw him under the bus like that, but, but yes, he is very talented and he is very single. So. <laughs> okay, now the hoodie's going up. <laughs> oh, I forgot this was on IG Live. Man. <laughs> Well, guys, well, thank you for inviting me to the the Vive, to this vibe. This is so cool. I have to say, I've never, ever preached in a circle. This is interesting. Uh, The river, I run around a lot. Today, I'm going to spin around a lot. I think it'll be the first time someone said to me, that guy just preached in circles for 30 minutes, and it wasn't, like, offensive. So, So that's cool. I'm excited to preach to you in circles. Um, just a little bit about me, and, and starting with that, if I'm going to talk about me, I need to talk about the best half of me. Lindsay, would you stand yeah. up? Yeah. Beautiful Viva shirt, right? Yeah. This lady 
is uh, truly the better half of me, of our marriage. We've been married for seven and a half. Is that right? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Trying to say one more, so I should be quicker with that. Seven and a half years that we've been together. Uh, Like Pastor Phil said, we have a baby boy on the way, April 26, coming up soon. Um, I am equal parts excited and terrified, so uh, definitely need some more tips. Um, Yeah, something more helpful than you'll never sleep again. Um, Your second one was really good. Um, She's just so wonderful. Um, She's from North Carolina. Um, She's from the U.S. Any Americans in here? Oh, hey, okay, there we go. And Pastor Frank's wife is a Carolina lady as well. So we got some Carolinas repped in this room tonight, which is uh, which is very very exciting. Um, I don't know how I convinced her to move here. I'm from here, from Canada. Uh, it clearly wasn't this, so I don't know what did it. It wasn't money, I can tell you that. But God has just blessed me with the best moment. The pastors are laughing, right? Like when you're a pastor, you say something like, "Oh yeah, yeah." We know about that. We know about that, which is interesting because the sermon title, which I didn't mean to give you yet, is called "Bags of Gold." Bags of gold. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, let's let's finish our job here because I, I need to just those of you who attend here weekly, I, I just need to take two minutes and I need to tell you how blessed you are. Because this this is rare, guys. And I don't mean just because of a pandemic. A pandemic has made this a lot more rare, yes, for sure. That's true. This is rare though. I, I have just been so what's the right word for it? I, depressed about the state of this country and where this country is going and where it's been going, not just for the past couple years, but for so many years. And and in a season where almost almost every church has burnt out, your church is on fire. Your church is is burning bold and burning strong. And and it's just, I want you to know what you have, that this is very, very unique. This is rare and this is special. And there's more than a spark here. There's, there's. I, I really believe there's a revival out of this. Man, come on. So I, I just, I want yes, you to know that, and I want you to honor your leaders and your pastors for creating this space for you. Also, the second I walked in here, my wife and I worship at Elevation Church. We're not on staff or anything. It's just our church. It's where we worship for how many years? Six or seven years. Um, and we walked in. We were like old church basement. Maverick City Music, second album. Anybody heard about that? This is the old church basement. Right? What's that song? It's like, every now and then, things get a little bit complicated. The lights and stages. No lights. No, well, actually, your lights are awesome. JV probably did this. Did you do this, JV? No. You didn't do this? It was Pastor Phil. Danielle, well done. Well done. Give it up for Danielle. She ministered other here so many This is so weird to be invited as a guest somewhere and just come to a family gathering. Um, But look, I want you to know how blessed you are. And if you come to the river, like I know a few of you do, I've seen some of our river crew, which is so cool. Um, I'm so glad that you come. But the river isn't church. Like the river is a worship night. It's amazing. It's a move of God. I'm so thankful for it. But you need more. You need this. You need community. Where's Carmel? Carmel, where'd you go? Back. I thought about just giving you the mic and saying, like, bro, come up here and just, just preach that. That was, that was enough to preach a whole night on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember what I was saying. I'm thinking about Carmel's message now. Um, but the river isn't enough. 
You need more. You yeah. need community. This life is too hard to go through on your own. Come on. You need Sunday mornings where you're honoring the Sabbath, where you're growing in Scripture and growing in the Lord. And you need friends and you need community. And, like, I look at so many of you and, like, I see some of you where I know your stories where, like, you didn't come here to Viva and then you met people at the river and now you're here at Viva. And that's just so cool. So that's that's so, so cool. Um, I pray that you keep, keep pouring in here because this is amazing. Well... We should probably get to the message soon because I'm not trying to keep you here all night. We got butter tarts and priorities are our priorities. Um, I won't preach too long, but I, I do like to preach long. Jonathan can attest to that. Um, actually, Jonathan's on our river leadership team, so we have eight people that are leaders of this this movement called the River. And um, one Wednesday morning don't, don't after Tuesday, oh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Um, one Wednesday morning, we had a leadership meeting. And we all share, right? So as a, as a pastor who, who makes it very clear that the river is not a democracy, right, Pastor Frank? Um, but, but, you know, it, it, it is, it, input is important and input is needed. I'm just kidding. Um, we go around one by one and we all share. We're like, hey, what was great last night? What could have been better? What did we see? How did God move? What was happening? How can we make this thing better? And Jonathan happened to be first that week. And he goes, man, you know, I'm just, I'm still emotionally recovering from the sermon last night. Wow, it was, and I was like, oh, really? Uh-oh. You were spoken to, so you got all emotional about it? This is great. He's like, my hands still hurt. I played the keys for 40 minutes. <laughs> I was like, I'm emotionally and physically scarred, and, and I, I need prayer. And I was like, I don't know how he's still working here. I'm kidding. He's the best. He's really the best. I'm going to move off of you and pick on someone else. Too. Um, believe it or not, I think I can preach almost as long as Pastor Frank, which is which is a scary, scary thing. So let's get in the Word. Anybody ready to get in the Word? Yes. Turn your Word on. Turn your Bibles on. Where are they at? Let me see them. Turn your Bibles on. Turn them on. Yes, turn them on. Do you remember, um, anyone go to Bible camp ever? Yeah, Bible camp. Sword drills? What's a sword drill? You remember sword drill? Matthew 25. Who can get there? Go, 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 go. Just, just put your hand up if you're there. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you read. Where am I? Siri, open She's there. Okay, she's there already. Good. Someone's asking Siri. Oh, the Siri type faith. There's a sermon title. The Siri type faith. All right, so um, I told you earlier that the title of our message tonight is Bags of Gold. Okay, so we're going to preach uh, Matthew 25, verse 14 to verse 30 is where we're at tonight. Depending on what version you're reading, I'm going to preach tonight from the NIV. Some people call it the non-inspired version, but I actually like it. So uh, we can have a theological debate on that after if you've got beef with me. Um, but Matthew 25, 14 to 28, this is, you've probably heard it before. King James Version calls it the parable of the talents. Anybody ever heard of the parable of the talents? Yes? Amen? Okay. Well, the NIV calls it the parable of bags of gold. That's the title that it uses, okay? So we're going to start. Let's read verse 14. I'm going to read, I think it's on the screens here. If you guys are looking at it this way uh, and you don't have your, your Bible or your phone, you just have to believe that I'm not lying to you. Um, verse 14. All right, here we go. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now, Context, this is Jesus Christ, right, teaching in a parable, okay? And he's saying it will be like a man going on a journey, which I'm going to talk to you about more, but he's really using an analogy here that he is with his disciples and he's teaching. He's going to go on a journey and he'll one day return, amen? Anyone believe that he's going to return? Amen? Good, you're awake. I like that. That's great. So verse 15, let's keep going. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another, 
one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So um, if you guys would so indulge me for a minute, another thing I am is a professor, I'm a teacher, I like, I like to study different teaching styles. And what's really cool here is that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is teaching through a story. And so many times in his ministry he did this. He taught through stories because stories are powerful. Stories are visual. You can see yourself in someone's shoes when you hear a story. Facts and dry things like that are not. So we're going we're gonna to make this a little extra practical tonight, okay? So... Verse 15, we got, we got four characters, okay? So first we have the master, all right? We have the master who's going on a journey. Tonight, I'm so glad he's here because this window worked. If not, the master's going to be Pastor Frank. Give it up for Pastor Frank. All right, cool. Pastor Frank, all right. Um, you know, we know he doesn't actually have five bags of gold um, or ten bags of gold to give. We, we, we know that because he's a pastor. But he's going to be our master tonight, all right? Then, then, we have the guy with five bags, right? So to one, verse 15, to one he gave five bags of gold. Would you guys do me a big favor and give it up for five bag Phil, Pastor Phil. Five bag Phil. Five bag here tonight. He's got five bags, right? If you know the rest of the story, he's a faithful man. Amen. Whoa. It's because uh, I picked him for that. Well, because he's pretty cool. He's pretty dope. I got a man crush on him too. Um, and if you know what happens to the five bags, they become ten bags. And him and Pastor Fran have been multiplying a lot and popping up babies left, right, and center. I won't say any more about them multiplying, right? But they, they clearly multiply. They're fruitful and they multiply. So then, next, next, because I was cruel to him earlier, and I made him as red as his North Stage 3 keyboard that, that is right here. We have Jonathan. Give it up for Two Bag Jonathan. Two Bag Jonathan is a faithful man. Um, he's really truthfully one of the most talented people I've ever met. Yeah. Ever. So it's, it's just really appropriate that we pick him. Um, and I got to work with him every day, so I need to be nice to him and make amends for being cruel to him earlier. So, Parable of the Talents. Five Bag Guy, Two Bag Guy, Master Above Them All. And then, the one bag. Woo. Give it up for one bag JV. Oh, yeah. One bag JV's in the house, right? So, see, why, you might ask why. Well, like, JV's one of the most talented guys here, which I, I truly, like, I really mean that. This guy's amazing. The way he's yeah. poured into the river and people's hearts is just incredible. But you might ask why, then, would you be so cruel to pick him as one big JV? Well, if any of you follow, follow him on social media, which I do, um, he put a post up the other day that said, it's a proven scientific fact that those who sleep in late are more intelligent. <laughs> Um, I, I think that I think that might be why. So I saw that and I was like, one big JV. It's also got a ring to it, right? I'm not the rest of you. Oh. Oh, okay. We'll find out what a bag is in a minute. All right. Let's not go too fast. Let's not go too fast. Also, I mean, I'm clearly over this because I'm a pastor, and pastors would never hold grudges, right? Never. never. Pastors would ever, never hold a grudge. But at the river, he did sing over me while I was trying oh, to preach once. Oh, oh, but I've let it go. It's in the past. It's done. He's still one bag, JD. Okay. Um, I have the microphone. <laughs> All right. So back in the Word of God. Back in the Word of God. Stop laughing, people. Come on. This is the Word of God. Um, verse 16. Here we go. You ready? Here's the story. The man who had received five bags of gold. Oh, I can. 
Um, stay here. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. Give it up for Pastor Phil. He worked hard. He was trusted. He gained five more. Pastor Frank trusted him with this young adults ministry. Look at it. It's packed. They need a bigger room upstairs. They got to go, right? He trusted him. He's, he's moving. 17. So also, the one with two bags of gold, two bags Jonathan, give it up. Gained two more bags. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Probably while wearing Crocs. It's an inside joke if you knew that. I told you I've been here for a while, right? Verse 19. Verse 19, Jonathan, you're laughing too much. I gotta focus. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. 20, verse 20. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five and said, Master, you entrusted me with five bags of gold and see the great works I have done. I have five more bags. I have five more bags of gold. That's Pastor Phil. So we, we've learned that he's faithful. We've learned that he's true. And we've learned that he's a suck-up, right? So that's, that's the next thing we've, we've learned. We've learned. All we've, we've learned right here. Okay, so the man who received five bags brought it to the master and said, Look, Master, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, so I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Verse 22, the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold, and I've gained two more. What does the master say in reply? He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you now in charge of many things. So even though Pastor Phil was given five and he made five more, and Jonathan was given two and he made two more, they get the exact same response from their master. They get the exact same response. Why? Because it wasn't about how much they could gather, how much they could grow. It was about their faithfulness, right? So Pastor Phil and Jonathan were both faithful with what God had entrusted them with, okay? Let's keep reading, though, because JV's still in the corner over here, so there must be more to the story. Verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man. Whoa, bro. Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So it's very interesting, right? Because the master comes back and obviously this man who has dug his one bag that he's been blessed with is dreading this day when the master comes back. He's, he's foreseen that there's going to be a bad result that is coming from this. And what does he do? He doesn't fall on his face before his master and apologize. He doesn't say, God, I should have done better. He doesn't do any of that. What he does is he shifts things, right? And he blames his master. So let's read it again. What does he say? He says, Master, I know you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. That's Bible speak for you're not fair, God. Right? That's Bible speak for we're, you're not fair, God. That's what he's saying. Verse 25. So I was afraid. You made me afraid, God. I was afraid. So I went out. And I hid the gold in the ground. See, here it is. Here's what belongs to you. Now, you ready for some savage Jesus, right? Verse 26. His master replied. This is Pastor Frank would never say this. His, ma his, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Question mark. 
Anytime God or Jesus Christ in the flesh used a question, he wasn't trying to get an answer, right? He's omniscient. He knows all things, right? He's asking a question for the other person's benefit. So he's saying to them, oh, so you wicked, lazy servant, um, you're saying I'm not fair. So you knew that I harvest and I've not sown and gathered my seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, verse 27, so that when I returned, you would have received it back with interest. Verse 28. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Take it, JV, give it to Pastor Phil. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even though even what they have will be taken from them. Yeah. Verse 30, real savage Jesus here, y'all. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, that's the part where the analogy ends, JB. That's not you, okay? That's not, that's not happening to you. We know that's not the truth. But guys, here's the thing about this parable. This parable is actually really powerful. And I know those of you who have grown up in church have probably heard it time and time again. And you've heard it before and you're like, oh, great. we got Matthew 25 again. we the book of Matthew again, right? I wanted... I wanted Zebediah tonight, okay? Well, sorry, I can't help you out with that, okay? We're, we're, this is where we are. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about this parable. Why is it called the parable of talents in one scripture? And why is it called the parable of a bag of gold in another scripture? See, in the time that this was written, in the book of Matthew, what was a talent? Does anybody know? I know you know what a talent is today. We talk about it all the time, right? Talents are actually like the focus. But what was a talent then? Corny. Good, we're on the right path. A talent was actually a measurement. So a talent wasn't a thing. It was a measurement, and it was a weight in Bible times. So one talent meant 80 pounds, right? Way more than your baby's going to be, Lindsay, I promise. The 80 baby would be the max, I hope, right? The talent was 80 pounds. That's what, 80 pounds, that's what a talent weighed. Okay, so the parable of bags of gold, it was gold in a bag, right, that weighed 80 pounds. Can you imagine how much gold that is in, in a bag, an 80-pound bag? And what that bag was filled with was something called denarii. Everybody said denarii. Denarii. Denari. Good, you're still awake. Butter charts. Denarii. 6,000 denarii. That's what was in one bag, okay? One bag was 6,000 denarii. Now, what's a denarii? A denarii at this time was one day's wage. So you would work a whole day, and you would get paid one gold denarii. That would be your wage for a day's work. So in today's context, if you made 15 bucks an hour, minimum wage, you worked eight hours, was that, that's 120 bucks a day. So you'd get 120 bucks back, and then JT and Dougie would take their share, and then you'd have like eight bucks after that. And, and then that would be... <laughs> I just lied, that's But that's what you would walk away with, right? And there's your day's wage, okay? Back then taxation wasn't quite the same, but you know, we got 2022 problems. So, so one bag was 6,000 denarii, right? Why am I going on about this? I want you to get the context of how much these people were entrusted with, okay? 6,000 days wages, 20 years. This is like a life's work, right? A lot of people work 20 years and they retire now. They were entrusted with so, so much. So, so five bag Phil was entrusted with 100 years wages, right? Two bag Jonathan was entrusted with what? Help me with the math. 40. What is it? What is it? I don't know. I'm not thinking. Okay, so good. I'm He was entrusted with a lot, right? He was entrusted with he was entrusted with a lot, right? And then we had one bag JV, right? And he was only got one bag, right? So we wonder, like, man, how much would it suck for that guy? He only got one bag. His one bag 
right, was 6,000 days wages, wow. right? If you do the math today, you know what that works out to be? It's $720,000. Would you be sad if someone trusted you with $720,000 today? This is young adults meeting, so like, if, if so, like, you get some rich young adults here. $720,000 is a blessing, right? That's, that's huge. That's huge. So it's important to know this, right? So one man got 30,000 denarii, the math, 12,000 denarii, 6,000 denarii, okay? But what happens to one bag JV? I'm going to stop with that in a minute. I promise I'm going to What happens to one bag JV is he does nothing with any of the denarii. Parable of the talents. He does nothing with any of the talents. So not only does he not make it grow like the five bag man did and the two bag man did, he buries it underground and he does nothing with it. And the real question, the real question that has to be answered from this is why? Why would he do that, right? Why, what was different about him? So here's the two reasons tonight, guys. The first reason, you ready for it? If you're taking notes, here's the first reason. One, I think one bag JV got stuck in comparison. I think he got stuck in comparison. And actually there's scripture to back it up, I'll give you in a minute, okay? See, he was looking at the five bags that Phil had, and he was looking at the two bags that Jonathan had, and he looks at his master, and he says, Master, how could you forsake me? How could you only trust me with one bag? I'm from Brazil, just like you, right? It's the motherland. How could you? I'm done soon, I promise. How, how, how could you only entrust me with one? So, so comparison. And what does he do? Um, he says... Uh, master, you reap where you don't sow. In, in layman's terms, he says, God, you're not fair. God, you're not fair. Phil got five, John got two. It's not fair. It's not fair. See, today, here's the thing, guys. Every single one of us, whether you've got a diploma, whether you've got a degree, we are all enrolled at Comparison University. Wow. This world today is Comparison University. Uh, let me see your phone. Hold your phone up. Notifications, okay, cool, right? Phone, let me see your phone, okay? Everybody's got a phone, okay? How many of you have a case on your phone? If you don't have, if you don't have a case on your phone, put it down. Okay, let's do this another way, because that worked out just as I thought it would, okay? If you don't have a case on your phone, leave it up. Okay, there are one, one big JV doesn't have a case on I couldn't even plan this stuff up, bro. <laughs> Two, three, what? <laughs> Four, five, half up, yeah, no case? Okay, six. You guys have faith. I'm amazed by your faith. You guys, you, uh, I'm impressed by you now. This is to live through life and have, that's an iPhone 13 Pro Max with no case? Living life recklessly. Yeah. Man's got a fifteen. What do you pay this guy? It's got a fifteen hundred dollar phone with no case on it. Can't afford it. Like, I got a case. He can't afford the case. Dig <laughs> it up, bro. Get your Crocs. Dig it up. Dig it up. Dig it, it up. So almost all of you, except for these few very, very uh, bold people old people who decide to go through life without a case on their phone, which I can't fathom, all of you will put a case on your phone to protect your investment, 
right? Because your phone costs maybe $500, maybe $1,000, maybe $1,500. That's crazy that they cost so much, but they do now, right? All of you will put a case on your phone, on your smartphone, right? They're called smartphones these days. But let me ask you a question. Do you ever put a case on your heart for what you look at on your phone? See, this thing right here that we call a smartphone, right? This thing is amazing, and I'm thankful for it. Like, the technology in this is incredible. This is the first generation ever. You guys are the first generation ever. I didn't even. I'm 32 years old. I didn't grow up with it, right? I didn't have a phone until, like, what, 10th grade, right? And even that was early for me, right? But you have unlimited knowledge in your hands. Like, if you want to know anything within 60 seconds, hey, Siri, right? And then you know it, right? I have Siri disabled. So it didn't work. But anything you want to know, you can know it, right? You have unlimited knowledge in your hands. Um, but here's the thing about that. There's a bit of a drawback. See, us old people, go, right? Us old people, when we wanted knowledge, we had to work hard for it sometimes. And we had to apply a lot of wisdom to go to a library and try to find it, right? Knowledge is now cheap. Knowledge is very accessible. But wisdom has become very rare as a result of these forms, right? And here's the other thing, right? The way the world used to be, the average person, when I say the word no, I mean close acquaintance. That's the definition, close acquaintance. The average person in their circle had 40 people. So 40 people that they interacted with daily, right? Or, or maybe weekly. 40 people that were in their circle that they knew. That was their limit of comparison, right? Wow. How many people can you see now on your phone every single day? Yeah. Comparison University, Pinterest, that house, my house. Instagram, his body, his biceps, my lack thereof, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's constant. Comparison yeah. University is on you all the time. You can just be reading the news and you have ads that are, are enrolling you at Comparison University. We live in a comparison world today that is not like ever before. But here's the thing about that, guys, right? If you go to my Instagram and you look at it, you, what you're going to see about my life is a highlight reel. Right? Yeah. You're just going to see the very best parts of my life. You're going to see the trips I went on. You're going to see my beautiful wife again and again and again and again and again. Right? You're going to see my dog, which I'll show you in a minute, which is weird. But um, you're, you're going to see all the greatest parts of my life. But here's what you're not going to see. You're not going to see when I was crying at 4 a.m. Right? You're not going to see that. You're not going to see when I was struggling with something and I, and I needed God's help in the middle of the night to get me past it. You're not going to see that. You're not going to see when I was hurt and when I couldn't walk for two years. You're not going to see that. Those aren't the things that you're going to see. So what you're going to do is you're going to compare your life to my life or someone way, way more impressive than Ryan McVitie, and you're going to go, God, he got five bags, and I only have one. Good word. And, and the result of that, my friends, every day, the result of that once is kind of sad. Right? And you're like, oh, that's kind of sad. The result of that a hundred times a day, like literally, subconsciously, a hundred times a day, is, is something new to this generation that has never happened before, guys. And, and, and here's what it can do. It, it can ruin the trajectory of your eternity, right? Because what does one bag JV do in this situation? He, he, is so, he is so broken because he's stuck in comparison and why did my master trust them and trust them and not trust me? Why do they have this? Why do they have this? They, what does he do? He just takes what he's got, he hides it, and he doesn't follow God's command. He doesn't follow God's word, right? See, comparison is a killer, guys. Yeah. It's a yeah. killer today. And what we do today in the world, this happens all the time, is we confuse fame with achievement. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Fame and achievement, y'all, are not the same thing. Or here's a better way even to say it. We confuse prominence, people who have put in a prominent place, with significance. Wow. There are so many celebrities who are infinitely more prominent than you, but I promise you, you are infinitely more significant wow. than them to this society in some way or another. Maybe because you're carrying the gospel to people, right? Yeah. Prominence and significance, y'all, are not the same thing. I have a picture. Did that picture work out? Can we put it up on the screen, the one I sent? Oh, yeah, there it is. All right, everybody look at the screen. And I know it's kind of small, but that's Duchess. That's my dog. Everybody go, oh. Oh, no. She's a Maltese, she's seven pounds, she's adorable, and she's a terrorist. I mean, she is, Jonathan's not in Texas, he's been to my house. She, she, she is a terrorist, guys, and she's got some real issues. Like, let's just read. I actually didn't read this. Lindsay, we need to talk. This is, this is kind of weird. The Duchess of Toronto. Hi, I'm Duchess. She's, she's Duchess of Toronto. Hi, I'm Duchess, the spunkiest Maltese in all of the instant land. North Carolina born, Toronto raised, send me birthday wishes. What? Send me birthday wishes on April 19th? She's thirsty, man. This is crazy, but here's, here's what I want to show you. This dog, y'all, has achieved nothing in her life, okay? She is a seven pound little dog, and other than really making Lindsay and I very happy, which she does, and I do love this dog, she's achieved nothing. Her greatest accomplishment, probably, is that one day, I used to have a Mustang, and I was pumping gas in the back, and I had just gone to McDonald's, it was 11 o'clock, I had preached all day, I was exhausted, I hadn't eaten anything, and I was so looking forward to my Big Mac and my fries, which I know, I know you can judge, it's dad bod, um, coming in early. Um, I had it in the back seat, but I had to fill the car with gas first. I go back in the car. She's no longer in the front seat. She's in the back seat. She has opened up this cardboard bag and then this cardboard box. Big Macs come in boxes, right? Don't act like you haven't had a Big Mac. Right? They come in a box, right? She opened up the box and you know what was left? Two naked buns. No sauce, no bacon, no cheese, no meat, nothing. Because this girl watches her carbs, clearly, right? She lives for the Instaland, so she left the buns, right? She left the bread. I, I had never been more mad. So this, this, this is like her greatest achievement. How many followers does she have, though? She's 3,489 followers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, wow, you know, there's some dogs who have way more. She's But that's probably like four times more followers than I have, right? And I'm not saying I'm great or I'm significant, but I have actually contributed to society. I've paid taxes. I have done things. She has done nothing. But she has three times the followers that I have. Don't confuse prominence with significance. Okay, don't confuse prominence with significance because this is what, this is what happened. I'm going to stop calling him this, okay? This is what happened to the guy with one bag who wore Crocs but it doesn't have a name. The guy with one bag. This is what happened to him, right? He got stuck in this trap of comparison. Comparison. So here's the second one because we're, we're getting close to butter truck time. Here's the second one, right? Here's the second one. One, one reason why he dug it up, didn't do anything with it was comparison. Two, he had the wrong belief about God. He had the wrong belief about his master, belief about God. He was given a bag and he had the wrong B-A-G, the wrong belief about God. Okay, I know that's a cute acronym. I just stole it from another pastor, so don't be coming out. <laughs> oh, he's so deep. No, pastors just steal everything from other pastors. Okay, I promise you. It's just par for the course. You guys know it. Yeah. So, here's the thing. He had the wrong belief about God. Verse 4. Right. Let's go back to the word here. Verse 4. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, 
I know you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold. See, here's, here's the problem. Here's what he did. He just shifted the blame instantly. God, you're a hard God. God, you're an unfair God. Why are you judging me? I haven't been dealt the hand that he was dealt or the hand that he was dealt. So it's not fair that you should judge me. See, and he calls him an unfair God. He calls him a hard man, right? Unfair and hard. And here's what he does. He blames the master now for his lack of growth. He blames the master for his failure, right? And he says these things of the master that the master is actually saying are, are not about him, but about, about one bad guy himself, right? And, and here's the thing, guys. He, he, instead of learning from his failure, right, or saying sorry to God or anything like this, what did he do? He just blamed God, right? Guys, if I could just teach you one thing. I'm only 32 years old. I haven't seen that much from what I've seen. Failure is not something that you should be sad about. Failure is not something that you should not strive to achieve. Listen, failure is the best teacher there is in life, yep, right? Yep. Failing is the way that you learn and you grow. When you go to the gym, believe it or not, there was a day where I used to go to the gym a lot. What do you do? You work till failure. When you get to a point where your muscles fail, what happens to your muscles? They grow. But here's the most dangerous thing that you can do in life. And this is what one bag JV did. Ah, I did it again. This is what one bag JV did, right? What did he do? He failed, and instead of learning from what happened, he made an excuse. And he said, no, 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 God, it's just because you're the one who has a problem, not me. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I read you verse 30 at the end, and I said, savage Jesus? And you're like, why would God say that? Did you hear what he said to God first? Right? And see, he had the wrong belief about God. He called God unfair. Or maybe, or maybe, let's give him the benefit of doubt. There's one, one more thing, maybe. He said, so I was afraid. He said that about his master. So I was afraid. Maybe he had a belief that he couldn't do the things that God entrusted him with. Maybe he had that belief. 6,000 denarii, 20 years wages. It's a lot. Even though it's one bag, it's a lot. Maybe he had a belief that he wasn't qualified. Maybe that he wasn't capable. Maybe that God had entrusted him with too much. So what did he do? He dug it in the ground and he buried it. See, that's possible, but verse 1 started off with, he gave things to each person according to their ability. Right? He gave things to each person according to their ability. Guys, God never makes a deposit in a place that can't bear fruit. He never makes it a deposit. So he has blessed you with so many talents, and, and he wouldn't do that if you could bear fruit. I'm going to prove it to you in a minute. See, the, here's, here's the thing. There are 6,000 denarii, right? 6,000 talents given to our one-bag friend, right? 6,000. That's a lot if you think of them as talents. It only takes one talent to really be great. I, sports are like my life. It's my like flaw. I need to be less about sports. I absolutely am obsessed with sports. I, I watch all sports. Okay, it's a problem. I'm confessing it to all of you publicly in the old church basement. Um, I love sports. I watched an interview with Tiger Woods once. I'm not saying to live your life morally like Tiger Woods. Okay, that's not what I'm saying here. I'm not teaching that. But he's the greatest golfer of all time, right? He became the best. Like if you want to argue with me, we can go outside and we can throw fists later. He's the best, right? He, he's just the best. He's the best golfer of all time, right? Jack Nicholas, get that out of here, right? Um, 
I watched an interview with him, and he actually was like kind of sad and lamenting, and he's because they were asking him like, "What are your other hobbies? What do you love? Like, what do you do? What else are you good at? Golf, golf, golf. Like, he only had one talent, right? But he utilized that talent to a point where he became the best in the world. So here's the thing, yeah, God dishes out different talents to many of us. I know some of your stories and some of the amazing talents that some of you have, but he dishes out different amount of talents to different amount of people, but it's not about the quality of the talents, guys. It's about what you do with those talents. You can just have one. Tiger Woods only had one. He wasn't sociable. He wasn't book smart. He wasn't. He had one, and he became the greatest in the world at it. So even if it's only one, one big JV got 6,000, and he was depressed about it, and he did nothing about it. But even if he only gives you one, guys, that one is enough if, if you don't let comparison kill it. Wow. If you don't let comparison kill it, guys. Because here's the thing, when you're scrolling the IG, and when you're looking at Pinterest, right? And you're on there, ladies, do you guys go on Pinterest? Yeah. I've been on Pinterest a couple times. <laughs> Not all the time, but like, when you're scrolling the IG, it's not that much, stop judging me, right? But like, when you're scrolling the IG, here's sometimes what you're doing. Listen to me for a second, because here, like this is, this is so, here's what you're doing. You're comparing, especially because you're young. All of you are young in here. You're comparing your seed with their tree, yeah. right? Wow. Their tree has been growing for 30, yeah. 40, 50 yeah. years, right? And it's been growing through hard seasons and through tough seasons. And it had seasons where it went just like this and then seasons where it went like this, right? And you got your seed that God has given you because even one big JV is 6,000 of them, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. 6,000, right? 6,000 of them. But, but you're comparing your seed with their tree, right? Wow. And that can just absolutely make you feel suffocated. And that can just, just make you so stuck still because how could I ever get there? How could I ever get there? But, but see, we're, we're so, our attention spans have become so small. We're so short-term focused, right? That we're so focused on what can God do with this blessing right now. Here's the question we should be asking. What can God do with a lifetime of faithfulness? Wow. What can he do with a lifetime of faithfulness? Just a little seed, right? Faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. We know that. What can he do with a lifetime of faithfulness? Yeah. Right? All this money, all these bags of gold, right? Like gold, you would celebrate if you were given that much. But guys, here's the thing about it. If God gave you a penny right now, just a penny, like pennies aren't even a thing, right? Canada got rid of pennies. The U.S., they still have pennies. I guess they're too American, right? But if you got a penny and you just had a penny right now, and if you doubled what that penny was worth, do you know what would be worth 30 days from now? 30 days. Only 30 days from now. $5.5 million. In 30 days. Double, 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 double. Just one penny. Right? And you can get... See, it's not about how many talents you're blessed with. It's about what you do with the talents that you're given, guys. That's what the parable of the talents is all about. That's what the whole story is. Albert Einstein said... If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its entire life thinking it's stupid. Yeah. Right? So here's the last part before we get to butter charts. The last part, okay? Think about what he said. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, God created each and every single one of you to a point where he knows every piece of your DNA, right. where he knows how many hairs are on the back of your head. Some of you got a lot of hair. Some of you have a little less hair. 
right? He knows how many hairs are on the back of your head. He knows every single thing about you, and he created you for a specific purpose. Right. He planted seeds in you, whether it was one talent, 6,000 talents, 30,000 talents. Yeah. He has a purpose and a call on your life. And if you are faithful, and if you will just walk one step after another, if you'll do what Matthew 6, 33 says, if you'll seek first the kingdom, yeah. all will be added. Good. So good. If you'll seek first the kingdom, all will be added. Yeah. But it's hard because even while I'm preaching right now, there's a couple of you scrolling the IG, right? And you're just doing comparison. I'm here listening to this, this blonde-haired preacher dude and my other friends partying right now. Right? And like, that's comparison and it's killing you. Like, that's, there's even someone in the room doing that now. Like, that's the world we live in, guys. Comparison is a killer. Yeah. So, comparison's a killer. You gotta have the right belief about God. The right belief that He wants good for you, that He designed you for a purpose, yes. right? That He knows the desires of your heart, but even better than that, He knows what you actually need right. in your life. Right. Because, look, always getting what you want in life mm. can be one of the worst things that can happen. Right. right? Last yeah. week I said, I don't know if any were at the river, I said, look, I want new shoes, but I need to pay my rent. Because yeah. I got a baby coming. Yeah. Right? Getting what you want all the time in life can be bad. It can be yeah. painful, so guys. So I, when you read this parable of the talents, right, it would be really easy to just say one sentence. It's about being faithful with what God gives you. Yes, you're correct. You're right about that. But there's so much more to it. And this is why Jesus taught in stories. This is why he taught in parables. So, guys, I just, I, I, I'm so encouraged by being here tonight and seeing young people on fire for God like this. This is rare. Just the talents in this room are enough not just to change Oshawa, not just enough to change Whitby, not just enough to change Ontario. Guys, if you will seek first the kingdom, this whole country can be changed from just this room right now. If you will just step by step seek first the kingdom. Good. If you'll stop attending Comparison University and just wondering why they make more money and they have more things and they have more degrees. And if you will just seek first God every single step of the way, failure upon failure, learning lesson upon lesson, guys, you can change this country. I promise you, you can. You can change your family. You can change your kids and your kids' kids' destination of where they're going. The impact that you can have can just be absolutely Incredible. So before we go to butter tarts, which I know I'm very much looking forward to, let's pray together. Can we pray? Bow your heads with me. Father God, you are so, so good. And we are so thankful that you would give us an opportunity to come together as a family like this tonight, God. To just lay it all down in the old church basement and to lift our hands and to worship you. God, you're the reason we're here, the only reason We don't come here for motivation. We don't come here just for encouragement, God. We don't come here just to sing the beautiful voices of these musicians, Lord. We come here for you. God, your presence is what we long for. Your spirit is what can change it all. This world is crazy. There are things happening that we don't have answers for. We have no idea what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Yes, Lord. God, you hold tomorrow. You hold this whole earth in the palm of your hands. And you're a good Father, God. You love us. You see us. You provide for us. God, you love us so much that you're Jehovah Jireh. 
the Lord will provide. You provided God. Abraham thought he had to provide Isaac on Mount Moriah as a sacrifice. And you stepped in at the last minute. You said, no, no, no. I will provide. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I will provide. And what did you do, God, so many years later on a mount called Calvary? You created the most unfair deal in all of history, God. Our transgressions, Ryan McVitie's shortcomings, Ryan McVitie's failures for the blood of your son. You bankrupted heaven for me. You bankrupted heaven for us, God. And God, our prayer tonight is that, yeah, we come here to worship you, God, and we need to do that, but that we could do more, God, that we could be faithful servants with what you've entrusted to us. God, even what you've given to the least of us is so much, God. That's what we learned tonight. It's so much. And God, we ask that, that these seeds that you've planted in our lives would be watered tonight. That discouragement, discouragement will not kill them. That the opinions of this world will not kill them. That political correctness will not kill them. Lord, you have planted seeds in all of our lives, God. We're young people who want you, God. We don't just want cool anymore. We want you, God. We're mature enough. Come on. We don't just want cool. We want you, God. We want to let go and we want to let God. That's our prayer tonight, God. It's not much. We don't bring much. We can't bring much. You're the creator of the universe. But we can bring our faithfulness. So our cry tonight is that we will seek first your kingdom. We started with the Lord's Prayer. That's how we're going to end it tonight. That we will seek your kingdom. Yes, Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Here in Oshawa as it is in heaven. Here in Ontario as it is in heaven. Here in Canada as it is in heaven. God, you're a good father and we thank you. Lord, if there is anyone here tonight who doesn't know about you, doesn't know this most unfair deal of all time. If there's anyone here who thinks that their good works are going to get them into heaven, God, would you just move in their life right now and would you make them aware of the fact, Lord, that you love them exactly as they are. You also love them enough to not leave them where they are, God. And you want to help them and you want to change them and you want to spend eternity with them. So if that's you tonight, as we continue to pray, our eyes are, our eyes are shut, our heads are bowed. If that's you tonight, you heard about this Jesus thing, but you, you, you don't really know. You don't really know where you're at, where you stand with him. Please come see me after tonight. Please come see me after tonight. And find out about Jesus. See Pastor Phil, see Pastor Frank. Because I tell you, it is the best decision you could ever make in your life. Yep. It'll change the trajectory of your eternity. God, thank you for this time tonight. Thank you for Viva Church. Thank you for Pastor Phil, Fran, Worship Pastor JV. Forgive me for all the things I've said to him and all the bad things I've done towards him tonight, Lord. <laughs> and be with us as we enjoy some fellowship, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Phil, it's all yours. Thank you for listening to today's message. We believe that we weren't meant to do life alone. So feel free to reach out to us by following and DMing us at Vivi Young Adults.